You're listening to The Dumb Will Speak, a podcast in which we seek to honor the truth of God as revealed in His Word. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Dumb Will Speak. I am one half of the host team, Chalen. And I'm Roy. And today we are just going to be discussing really a, as Roy calls it, a potpourri of topics, anything ranging from the current uh, SBC debacle, we'll call (laughs) it, uh, to just the world that is uh, crumbling around us with Ukraine war um, and and just so forth. And uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but Shepherds Conference just concluded yesterday. Really? Got to see a lot of things from Twitter there. No, no, I wasn't aware. Well, it, it was actually good. It was live grace media app you could watch it i watched a little bit but it was interesting Bodie did a QA on the book fault lines that he wrote right and um i didn't ca- i caught the last five minutes of it and i wish i could have caught the whole well presentation <laughs> the criticism of that book is one of the things i will get to i wanted to get to later because i read an article and i'm going to quote a brief excerpt from that a snippet from that article uh later and um it just shows their bias when when you read it um but anyway and and i may not be the only one who has said this about them it seems to me that either todd friel or james white has commented on this particular site before and about their bias but anyway it's a it's a baptist site by the way just so you know i want to apologize to everybody we we would have recorded last week except on march the first tuesday I had an appointment with the oral surgeon. I had been miserable for a couple of months with a bad tooth. And so I saw the oral surgeon and uh, I wasn't. Roy has a Kentucky smile now. My voice wasn't very good for, for a couple few days there after I would talk. And I couldn't keep my tongue off those stupid stitches, you know. But I'm, I'm better now and the stitches came out. I think it was this past Sunday night the final one came out. So I'm better but I had to work on my normal off day Friday, which was when we would have recorded. So we didn't get to record and apologize for that. But we've done a little better since we came back a few weeks ago, trying to stay on schedule. Hopefully we can. Well, the mobility that we're doing like today has helped tremendously. Oh, yeah. Uh, you had to you had to preach this morning. So, I mean, it's Saturday, but you had to well, preach this morning. And, and, and even with that, we're still recording. Yeah, we had to preach this morning. I had to preach this morning. Um and then we, uh, and then come back, and then now, like I said, we're recording. But thanks to the technology of blessings, it sure, <laughs> you know, helps a whole lot. And, it uh, does because we're not together. Have you listened to? Have you listened to James White? Um, have you heard about the bat signal? No. Is this the most recent episode? Uh, I think so. I Deconstructing to Baptist. I, I downloaded it. it. It came. It was live Thursday. I downloaded it yesterday morning, but I didn't get around to listening to it. Well. Uh, Mr. Tom Buck struck again on Twitter. Oh, Lord. Uh, I don't know whether he incited the firestorm that occurred or what happened, but I'm looking at the picture right now, and um, <laughs> I, I I can share. I'm going to share my screen with you so you can mm-hmm. uh, so you can see this, so you can see it. Tell me when you see it. So what it is, we've got Batman looking over into the sky, and there is the what would be where the bat signal would be. Um, we see a silhouette of a man with a beard. That is Vody. And a ball. That's Vody Bowden. And so, so, so Tom, Tom struck again and, um, he, um. That's not all he did. And when we get into this thing about the SBC, I've got a quote from him that's hilarious. Oh, oh, it's, uh. You probably already know what it is if you've heard, but, uh, it's, it's his response to Ed Litton. But anyway. Wow, stuff going on, man. Uh, and in all seriousness, so, in all seriousness, I know if you've been following James White, he was he's been talking. He was on um, Iron Sharpens Iron with Chris Arnson, and they got to speak to. He hosted, didn't he? Yes, and he got to speak with Nick. He calls him Nick because the name is probably Nikolai something. But anyway, his he's talked about him before in the past. He's the guy that would uh, translate Russian and Ukrainian for him when he was over in the Ukraine many years ago. He said that that guy lives right out, not far from Kiev, actually closer to the Russian border than even Kiev. And so they got to speak with him last week. Um, as far as I know, that that went off without a hitch. Uh, but I, I don't know that he's had an update since then on how Nick's doing. But, you know, we need to be in prayer for that situation. What is happening right now is absurd. 
the Russians are shooting. They bombed a hospital. It was a women and children's hospital, birthing hospital, and that sort of thing. Bombed it and claimed it was a military site. But yeah, but Vladimir Putin had already told the, the generals they, they were going to fight all out total war. They were going to target civilians almost in a terroristic campaign to try to get an early surrender. It's all boils down to one thing. He's an egomaniac, a narcissist, and he truly believed that they would roll over on their belly like a dog as soon as they walked into the to the border and it didn't happen. They got resi- they met heavy resistance and they didn't expect it. Well, and historically the thing you got to remember Chalen is is the, the people in charge of the military now, the the generals in the Ukraine, they were former Soviet military. They know the Russian tactics, they know the Russian machinery, they know their military, they know their weapons and their ammunition because they have the same thing. Yeah, it's um I don't know. It, it it's sad. Aren't we in sort of a you can't win situation, you know what I mean? As Americans. Yeah, I mean because we can't really intervene over there right now not not directly um for fear of the nuclear option if it was a different leader but this is not what that's not what this is this is the first ground invasion in europe since world war ii so it's and it looks a lot like the early days of hitler if you if you stop and think about czechoslovakia and then leading up to poland to me czechoslovakia occurred in 2014 when he annexed crimea from from the ukrainians and we allowed that to happen and go past without anything occurring there were no there were no no repercussions under Obama or under Trump. Now we have a new president who's only been in a year, and he, he seems befuddled and doesn't know how to handle this. And if you think Putin is scared of him, you'd be crazy to think so. He's not scared of America. Yeah, it, um, it, it, it it's just, man, I don't even know how to put it into to, to words. It's hard. To describe what we're, what's, well, yeah, I mean, because we've seen the pictures, we've seen the videos, there's innocent children. That's one, the sad one part. gentleman. Yeah, one gentleman was able to identify his wife by the suitcase, and they had her body covered up on the street, and that's how he knew she had been killed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is one of the first times in my life where I think I'm so irritated by this that I find myself almost unable to watch news coverage of it, Jalen. And you know I'm a news hound, but I just can't watch it. Well, same here. My wife's too sad. We started out kind of watching news coverage, and we. We have basically shut it off. Um, and not, not that not I'm trying to bury my just, head in the sand and pretend it's not happening. No, I'm praying for them every day, and I want to, I want all of our listeners to do that. And I know you are, too. It's just that um, I don't know what it is exactly that we can do, directly or indirectly, beyond the power of prayer. You know, we just petition God and ask for his mercy and, 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 and healing. This vi- and this vile evil and depravity that is going on through mm-hmm. somebody like, you yeah. know, the leadership of Russia is just... And it is depraved, you're right. But that, that, that's fallen it, man, really, of, left his own devices. Yeah, it's the it's the perfect view of total depravity, you know. I mean, it's just, I mean, if you're willing to bomb a hospital, orphanage, whatever you're going to bomb just to try to, quote-unquote, win, then, I mean, that's depravity at its finest, you know, just to, I mean, he's essentially, what it appears, is trying to rebuild the old USSR. It and, does look like that, yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, that's what it appears. I mean, I'm not him. Uh, well, he, he that. you know, he, he said this around the turn of the century, I want to say 98 or 99, he's quoted as saying that the greatest tragedy of the 20th century was the, was the, was the breakup of the Soviet Union. Yeah. He thinks that's and, the greatest tragedy of history, 20th century, not World War One, not World War Two, but the dissolution of USSR. Yeah. And, and, you know, for all those people saying, you know, well, this wouldn't be going on if Trump was in office and, and oh. that very well may be the case. But here's my problem. Then we would have had a trigger happy guy that yeah. may have yeah. caused an all out onslaught. So, yeah, we, we playing what if does nobody any good uh, unless you're a comic book reader and you're just talking about Marvel Comics or you're watching the cartoon series on. <laughs> on Disney Plus, we're always talking about something on Disney Plus. But anyway, you know, Ooh, what if is what you know if? The new Obi Wan trailer dropped. Yeah, and you told me it was coming this week. I did. I heard about it yesterday from a friend at work, and I swear I still forgot to watch it. Oh, it took was, me almost uh, two weeks to watch the little thing that happened before when you told me about it. But I'm going to get around to it, it this weekend. Spoiler alert! If I tell you about a trailer, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> what? Okay, I went blank. Okay, you remember in. Um, I don't remember if it's Clone Wars or Rebels. I don't remember which one. Remember the guys? They were the they had the red, but they had the spinner sword. Remember they held them up. They had a held them like over here, and the the the, the lightsaber spun. Inquisitors. I think it is the Inquisitors. Is that their That's name, right. Inquisitors? Well, the Inquisitors are in this live act. No kidding. 
uh, unless I'm wrong. Well, I mean, we got to see Cad. Ba- we got to see Cad Bane in, in the last few episodes of uh, Boba Fett. So there you go. And if we killed Cad Bane, I'm gonna be a little upset because I like. It looks like Cad that's Bane. what happened. And if so, that's a dumb way for him to go out. I'm sorry. I, you know, man, I don't know if he went out or not. Boy, what did we jump topic on? Yeah, <laughs> we go from we go from the war in Ukraine to uh, Star Wars nerd nerd alert. Uh, yeah, in the. And what's funny is you can remember me when I didn't really watch Star Wars, didn't care anything about it. No, and when I got you'd in, seen the main films and that was full it. Full engulfed. Yeah. And when I got in, it was fully engulfed in it. My kids like it. Mm-hmm. My daughters love it. And uh, but anyway, back you know, so you get this war going on, and you got all this going on, and then I. So what happened with Ed Litton? I, I guess I've missed this. You, oh. you explain the Ed Litton. Story. Okay, so apparently March first. They would show him living infamy because of my surgery. Actually, the surgery went good. Uh, It was great. Didn't feel a thing. Apparently, on March 1st, Ed Litton announces that he will not seek a second term. This is the first person to only only serve one year since uh, the late, great Adrian Rogers from 1979 to 80. Oh, yeah. After that, throughout the 80s and and onward, after about a three-decade hiatus of people serving consecutive terms, almost everybody has served a consecutive term. Of two years. He's not seeking re-election. And he called it freeing. It was very freeing to not have to seek a second term. He gave a half-hearted apology. He, he did acknowledge that his administration has been plagued with controversy from the very beginning. And he references Sermongate. Gee, yeah. I wonder why. Which we did an entire episode or two on Sermongate. Including allowing them to speak for themselves by playing his own and J.D. Greer's messages. Now... This is the thing that gets me. Before, I couldn't remember the name of the uh, software and website that these people are using, but I saw it in an article this week, so therefore I do know now. It's Docent. Docent Technologies or Docent Ministries, however it's worded. That's oh, what they are using yeah, for their, where people are doing the research for them for their sermons instead of them having to study. And so it's alleged that several of them are using it. Now, I'm guessing, and I have no proof of this. What's that? <laughs> I'm preaching on the Proverbs is what I'm getting ready for. It's commentaries. Heaven help we study. Oh, I know. I know. Heaven help we study and write a, write your message. Understand the context. I'm, you, okay, This you, write your message. Put in a little effort. Read the book. Use uh, uh, semantic domain. Use parsing. Do a little legwork, people. He- heaven forbid we do what we're called to do in ministry for those that teach and preach, that you actually study the Word <laughs> and are a faithful yeah, and mean, approved servant, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's not going to write... I, mean, I, I want to say this. If, I almost said it doesn't write itself. It does write itself. It does write itself if you use docent. Understand it in context. Yeah. If you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does. Let me read a tweet here from uh tom buck on uh, actually march 1st that you're talking about this may be the one you got this is the one the top of you go now. for it read it I'm out thankful loud. ed litton will not be running for office again as i listened to litton's video i immediately thought that stepping down or i, I immediately thought that stepping down now and letting the first vp lee brand assume the pro, uh, assume the role of president will be a great first gesture toward his stated go would it not and then you want to know why right you know why Lee Brand is from CBN, Conservative Baptist Network, of which Buck and others are are part of. Uh, Brand is also African-American. He is black. He's a black man. And what was Lytton's stated go on on his final three months and four months in office and what his plan is for the future? He wants to lead the charge for racial reconciliation in the United States, especially in the evangelical church, but particularly in the Southern Baptist Convention churches. Well, what's he been doing for these eight months? He had a chance to start this already. Well, and then just a few minutes later after Tom does that tweet, for the record, Ed Litton blocked me for this tweet, the one I just read. <laughs> it wasn't a victory lap. It was a sincere observation. I said the same thing to J.D. DeGreer when he talked about racial reconciliation. But just consider the president of the Southern Baptist Convention blocked the senior pastor of a Southern Baptist church over this. <laughs> oh, we got to get Tom on. Yeah, we do. And then, and then on March 4th, it became public that um, Vody Bauckham had been asked to accept a nomination for SBC president. That's right. Vody yeah. Bauckham. Well, One of the strangest things. This is, but honestly, I'm going to be telling, I'm telling you something. When this came across on YouTube, uh, one of the channels I follow, 
when this came across on YouTube and they talked about this, it was Fresh Perspective, I believe. It was either that or Dear Woke Christian. But it, it was uh, Jason and Tim and they were talking and they were like, can you believe this? It's great. They both were like, this is great. <laughs> and I think I had read somewhere from Tom or one of those guys uh, that basically it was somehow deemed that he could. I, you know, voted over. I, I don't think he's eligible. Well, his his thing was, not. yes, he was asked, and he said he was honored to be asked. However, he was not convinced that he was even eligible under the bylaws. And this boils down I, I to church that. membership, okay? Yes, the church that sent him out as a missionary in Africa was SBC affiliated. In fact, it was his own home church. Yeah. However, once there, he established membership in another church overseas, not in the United States. You get the problem? It, they yeah. SBC is is aimed at in its own constitution at Baptist churches within the United States and its territories. I I, I can't find it, but I'm almost positive they that it was you know that they were basically ripping Bodie you know online. Yes, they were because he doesn't fit the narrative that they want. You know, just blasting him online. But if I'm not mistaken, they actually said that um, he is ineligible, which is a shame. I would have loved to have him. I mean, I mean, look. Well, this is a direct quote, and this is on ChristianPost.com. I have indeed been asked to accept a nomination for SBC president, and while I am honored to have been asked, I am not sure I'm eligible. There are questions about the way church membership is considered for missionaries in SBC Article 2 and Article 8. And then it mm-hmm. says that Balkum, age 52, currently serves as Dean of Theology at African Christian University in Zambia. Uh, and is a board member of Founders Ministry, a conservative group yep. within the SBC dedicated to the biblical reformation of local churches. He has now been put on the steer- steering committee, you know this, right, of the Conservative Baptist Network. I forgot about that. Yep. That just happened a few weeks ago. Also in January, he came out and said, guys, he was criticizing the SBC, and he says, guys, I have never left the SBC. I am still technically an active SBC yeah. a preacher. I am just currently stationed overseas as a minister, as a missionary. I only come back to the U.S. for brief visits, and he'll come back. He'll tour churches. He'll he'll preach. He came well, he back in support of his on. book. Yes, yes. And he yeah. before that, sometime last year, he was back for a brief time to in support of his book, Fault Lines. And then, of course, we know he had to return for a while because of his health in 2020 when his health was really bad. He says, yeah, my, he sending, my sending church, the church I planted, has always practiced regenerate resident church membership. Unfortunately, in case a layperson doesn't know what we're talking about, it means yeah. people that they have talked to and confirmed through their witness that they are indeed born again, and then they will baptize them and accept them as ministers, as, as ministers, as members. Okay. Regenerated resident church membership. Now, why is that important? Because you stick a bunch of goats among sheep, what do you got? A messed up flock. Because yeah. those that are lost are the goats. Those that are saved are the sheep. The sheep can be pushed around by the goats. The goats want to take over the church. Why? They're in, they're still un, they're they're unregenerated. They're still they're still not saved. They're like Judas Iscariot's among the twelve, right? Judas Iscariot was there. Mm-hmm. He was in the early realm of, of the ministry of Christ of, of the formation of, of what would become the apostles of the church. He saw all the miracles. He witnessed everything that could happen, and he still didn't really believe in Jesus. Never, never, never submitted. This goes along with the with the story of of the the rich man and Lazarus, right? What does the rich man say to to his father Abraham? If you'll just send Lazarus back from the dead, so that he can witness to my brothers that they won't come to this awful place. And what does Abraham say? No, for e- if they have Moses and the prophets, and if they won't believe them, they won't believe even if one should rise from the dead. You're telling me Jesus didn't name this at those people, including Judas, Judas, who were Judas, all of Jesus's messages were aimed at the people that were listening to him. He was saying to you, "You're sitting here listening to me, but your heart is far away from me. You're not regenerated." Well, what's he called the Pharisees? <laughs> A pit of, of vipers. vipers. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, he, he just goes right at whitewash tombs. What's he called? Multi- whitewash tombs, brood white, of vipers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, I mean, it's just one right after the other. Empty you know, just vessels. An onslaught against these. When he talks about that, about membership there, he says, unfortunately, this is not common practice in many SBC churches. As such, we have always believed that missionaries sent to the field needed to join local churches in order to be shepherded properly. Bauckham told the Christian Post. Sure. 
Unfortunately, since the SBC is an American entity, that means missionaries who leave the USA must either practice non-resident membership, which I am convinced is unbiblical, or join a local church and be technically outside the SBC while being counted as SBC missionaries. So see, he's an SBC guy. He's a missionary. He's a called minister. He's ordained minister of the SBC, but because he's a missionary yeah. in, in a foreign country, and I didn't know this until this, all, this thing came up beginning of the month, that actually makes him ineligible possibly, more than likely, technically, to actually run for any office in the SBC, even though he's an SBC guy. They'll count him as one of their missionaries, but they won't allow him to, to hold an office. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but it's SBC politics. Now, you it's know, SBC. in these articles in which they talk about this, some of these guys, I want to pull up the right article, though, before I mention this, who, who it was that wrote it, is they have to bring up all the dirt they can on Bauckham, right? So uh-huh. do you, you do you know what they go back to? They go back to 2018, and Bratton, the younger man who took his place as senior pastor of the church and who had been on staff with him as a co-elder, co-pastor. Not, not, you didn't say Owen Stratton. Did you? Bratton, B-R-A-T-T-O-N. Okay. Okay. Bratton was convicted, okay, of sexually abusing a member of his family. Ah, uh, yeah. And is currently serving 17 years in prison. He was reported to the police by fellow elders of the church once he confessed to them what he had done. This abuse went on with the family member underage from 2013 to 2018. So their problem is that from 2013 to 2015, Vody was still his senior pastor, and they were reported to have been close friends. Now, my wife's response to that was, are you responsible for anything that a former preacher, teacher, or even a family member of yours does? And I said, no. And she said, then vote to me, Vody Bauckham is not responsible for what someone did. Anybody can be a fake and you don't know it. Well, we're told about that in scripture. What's it say? Weed and tear, sheep and goats. I mean, we're told about that. Satan's ministers of light, (laughs) right? Yeah. Because Satan himself appeared as an angel of light, but yet he was fallen. So he has ministers who are actually of darkness, but they practice light. They, They are teaching and preaching and working in seminaries and writing books on theology and going on TV and radio and internet and preaching and teaching. And they're not one, one bit born again, any more than a dog can be born again. An animal can't be regenerated and, and the lost man can't come and can, can actually do things that appear to be biblical and they're not this is the whole point in matthew when jesus says and many will come to me on that day and say lord lord did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons and do many signs and wonders and he says depart i never knew you yeah and and i don't know vody i'm not around him i wasn't on the inner workings of the church if vody knew about that and didn't report it it would shock me based upon his history though well it would me too and it would, you know, it I would mean, cast out on his character. There's no doubt that it would. And I think that was the purpose of some of these, art, of the, this particular article that brought it up, is that this, they're bent for that particular site, is that they don't really like him. And you know why they don't like him? He's not complimentary. He's he complementarian. He's complementarian. He is not egalitarian. And he yeah. is, he is a strict biblicist. He's, he leans towards reform theology. And he believes in gospel the is the gospel. There's no such thing as woke Christianity to him. And I, and to, by the yeah. way, guys, I totally agree. And I know you do. There's no such thing as a woke Christian. There are Christian people no. that may be awakened to truth and see that there are bad things in the world and want to do something about it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's no such thing as woke Christianity because wokeism is, is radical anti-Christian Stuff from the world of the social sciences. It's got nothing to do with the Bible. Nothing. No. no and and those that try to import that in are trying to import another gospel. And what does John say? If any man comes to you with another gospel, kick him out. Don't even let him in your house. Yeah. And how many times are we told, shake, shake the dust off your shoes? I mean, yep. shake the dust off your feet. I mean, we're told multiple times. But it, it, was at, uh, it was in January, and the article comes from, I believe, January 12th, where... He says that he never left the SBC. Vody Bauckham revealed that he is still part of the Southern Baptist Convention in an interview with the Capstone Report on his appointment to the Steering Council of the Conservative Baptist Network, CBN, which I mentioned a while ago. In the interview, Bauckham called recent developments within the SBC sinful, shameful, and scandalous. He says, I am saddened by the recent awakening among convention elites. The unwillingness to name, let alone, let alone address, CRT at the convention last year was shameful. 
The refusal to acknowledge and or address the Ed Litton scandal was sinful and quite revealing, as was the refusal of the press to pursue the issue. Then to discover that a number of SBC elites were having their sermons written by the docent group, SBC seminaries were continuing to harbor professors who promote cultural Marxism, CRT, and liberation theology, among other errors, not to mention the scandalous leftward drift of the ERLC. Things are unraveling in the SBC, again. Uh, the article goes on to say the Ed Litton scandal Baca mentions refers to allegations which surfaced shortly after Litton was elected SBC president that Litton had plagiarized former SBC president J.D. Greer. Litton said he had permission to use Greer's work, which Greer confirmed. But Litton admitted he should have cited his source. Now, the article then says, notably, Balcom himself has been accused of plagiarism, and his publisher has also explained those allegations are being due as being due to a citation issue. Now, the article, Taylor, is honestly dead on. Balcom's right. I mean, when when J.D. Greer says he gave Ed Litton permission to use it to plagiarize his material, therefore it's not plagiarism. That's just people. That's just two old guys covering their butts. You know what I mean? Well, I go back to what I said earlier. Did he know the text and what it meant, or did he just read what was in front of him? You know, okay, you ever remember the... I'll use this movie. It's kind of a shame to you. Remember Anchorman? <laughs> remember when he Will just Ferrell? reads whatever's on the prompter, mm. and they mess with the prompter? Well, what if somebody would stuck in something that was antithetical to Scripture? Is he going to read it? I mean, what, I guess what if so. they would have put in there, Jesus is not God, he never was, he didn't exist. Is he going to read it verbatim? <laughs> Well, I mean, did he? I don't know, <laughs> but, but I would hope not. But then again, you know, I don't know what he does in, for summer in preparation because that's obviously he doesn't do much. He allows it to be done for him. You, you, you see what I'm saying? You know, and we covered this uh, late last year, I guess, and we were oh, well, we, we were the clip. definitely yeah wore out with the whole thing. I was irritated by it. I mean, I, we talked about the fact that in we both come from college backgrounds, academic backgrounds. You can't do what they do. And get away with it, you'd be kicked out of school and banned. You would lose the ability to get um, financial aid from the federal government. All that stuff is 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 contingent on you having upright moral behavior as a student. And I don't mean that you don't party and drink. They don't care about your morals. I'm talking about on the academic level. Um, by the way, there's this extra thing in there where it says, notably, Bauckham, I think I already read this, actually, himself has been accused of plagiarism. That goes back to that most recent book, Fault Lines where he says that, I forget the guy's name, but he says something about him, and that guy has denied it outright and said, that didn't come from me. Either he's got me confused with someone else, or he completely made it up, which I hope he didn't. He said, but yeah, no, he's misquoting me. I never said those words. So I don't know. But the publisher has, and and, and Balcom both have said, they had sources for this material, and they, they trust the sources, and they don't believe that they made anything up or plagiarized. But... You know, did he or didn't he? I don't know. I don't. I don't know Vody's heart. Neither do you. But I don't. Well, I don't anytime, think any, he would do anytime that. Anytime you're in the position Vody is in, and he, how do? If you, okay, I, I'll say it. I don't mean this, and Vody, I apologize. If you were to look at him, he fits the narrative for what they want. But when you listen to his convictions, he doesn't fit the narrative that they want. Right, and so they're going to try to destroy him in any way humanly possible. On my on matters of race, if you're strictly trying to do a fill a quota, he would be the right guy. Yes, he is a black male, so give him the job and and give him the platform and listen to him and stuff. But because he says things that, that is antithetical to the majority of black evangelicals, he act, and of course the 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 regular narrative of the United States in politics and social discourse. Because he goes against that grain, he's suddenly, you know, he's not black enough. He's not, he's not woke. He's not, he's not their kind of Christian, I guess. Uh, exactly. He, he doesn't fit the mold for what they want. And that's their problem. You know, there are already people who have come out saying they're definitely running. Uh, who is running? Um, Willie Rice is going to run. He's the pastor of Calvary Church in Clearwater, Florida. And he was like... He's chaired a bunch of committees, including the Committee on Committees. <laughs> he was the head of the Florida Baptist Convention. Uh, he's he's got a long he's got a long history of being he's very political. He said last summer 
at the annual meeting. He's the one that preached the sermon before Linton was voted in. Okay. In that sermon, Rice said, Southern Baptists can sometimes be, quote, jerks by opposing the right things in the wrong way. In other words, it's not that our, 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 our mission is wrong, but our message is bad. So our messaging is, our messaging gotcha. is bad, you get? Um, he's considered a, basically a centrist. He's not considered to be as left as some of them, and he's, but yet he's, I don't know how to put this, but um, he's, still, he's still being criticized, in other words, including by the Conservative Baptist Network. Uh, yeah. So, obviously, their guys is Vody. They would love to see Vody in. Of course, they're the one that pit that picked Mike. Um, what was the guy in the runner up in the, in the runoff election between Stone. him? And, yeah, Mike Stone. They picked Mike Stone. Do you, you realize what? How, how close was the election? Something like five hundred and fifty or no, five hundred fifty six votes is all that separated the two guys, the two front runners, Litton and Stone. Why couldn't they have gotten an extra few hundred votes and and you know? Stone. Hey, I know a local guy that voted for Litton. Around here? Oh yeah, he's within four to five miles of my house. Wow, pastors um, at pastors in SBC Church local. Senior. Oh. Pastor oh. of an SBC church. Okay. And um, uh, wouldn't did not vote for Moeller in the first round because he was too Calvinist. Okay. And I think I'm if I'm quoting this wrong. You know who you are. You can call me and tell me I'm quoting it wrong. Um, <laughs> I hear you. You know, they. <laughs> somebody that knows him listens to the program every time. And it's been on the show. Yeah, he didn't vote for him because two Calvinists and then uh, and then didn't vote for Stone. But I do not remember the reason he wouldn't vote for Stone. I don't I don't remember why it was written over Stone, but it was something ridiculous. It was like, really? <laughs> I think he just kind of went with the majority. <laughs> okay. You know, now it's time to out my opinion on this on this group some of the articles that i read and and while they were very informative i'm going to give them that and they were well written had fewer typos and other issues and others is the baptist news global yeah that is the group i was talking about okay that there is an editorial that i don't know if we'll get to or not but there's an editorial about this situation in which they really rage against Vody and against the conservative baptist network but in general, this is, you know, the last article I've been quoting was, it mentions this, okay? It says, um, in layman's terms, Balkum philosophically opposes what many SBC churches call non-resident membership, which I already quoted that, and they used a quote from that Christian Post article. They quoted it directly. A common category for those who want to retain affiliation with the church but do not currently live in the geographical proximity of the church. So if I move 500 miles from here, I can keep my membership here, even though I'm not going to be able to go to the church here? That wouldn't be right, would it, Chalen? No. Is that being a part of a local body? I'm just asking for a friend. Well, here's what I'll say. We, when, um, when we left where we were at, yeah. you know, we joined relatively quickly. To, we didn't want to be a member to a church that we didn't attend. And our, quote, our name was, quote, unquote, on the roll, you know, but we didn't, we didn't want that. You know, I mean, so now nah, I'm big on you be a member where you're at. Well, here's the kicker, and this shows you where they're at. This notion has been further challenged over the past two years, as many churches have welcomed online members who live all over the world and are by definition non-resident. Ah, oh, jeez. Online church. Oh, now, look, oh, look, look, the internet I, and, and the what we're doing right now is a sort of form of a Christian ministry, right? We, we, we acknowledge yeah. that. We want it to be that. But we're not your pastors, folks. To those of you listening to us, we can never be your pastors. And because of copyright issues, I can't even lead the music. <laughs> you know, this was part of our fear. If you remember, yeah, when we talked about first it. Started. Look, we we said we don't have a problem with going online because we did not know anything about the virus. Looking back, we shouldn't have done anything. Just let it go. We didn't accomplish nothing. Studies have shown that. I mean, mm -hmm. it just the shutdowns. None of that accomplished nothing. So here's what I'm saying: those who are going to get sick are going to get sick. Yeah, and so many people, and you and I both had it. Yeah. And and um, so, but people think that they're quote unquote uh, at a church, and they're joined of a church with online church. It's not church. There is no. You are not setting under eldership that are caring for your soul if you're sitting at home in your pajamas. <laughs> but I understand there are people that are using it because of certain reasons, health concerns. But there is no longer no able such to get out. Thing is online church quote unquote. No. 
if you're already a member of that local church and for some reason you're forced to stay home and you watch the, the, the service online, just consider that a blessing. That's fine. And, and, and that's not making you a non-member. We're not talking about those kind of people, are we? But we're talking no. about like what I just said. What if I move 500 miles away, but I never change my membership? And I never well, get and, back into a local body that, of believers who are ministering to me and I'm ministering to them and I'm serving and they're serving. Then you're not in a church. There's no, there's no, there is no, hello, girly. There is no, uh, he has a guest of the young persuasion. His daughter's there, his youngest one. So, say hi, say hi to Roy. Sorry. So, Balkum says, and he follows what you just said about it not being biblical, right? To not be in a local church. He believes non resident membership is unbiblical. He did not explain the details of his conviction. Uh, Shailen, this never was a problem until 2020. Everybody knew what it was to be a member of a church. You went to a local church. (laughs) And the other other part I'll say, I am convinced there's people since COVID that have never set foot in the church, probably before COVID or after COVID, but yet they're quote-unquote attending church. So Baptist News Global thinks that the church is just whatever you want to define it as. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and that's what well, they're saying. help we use the biblical definition. Because they say he did not explain the details of his conviction. He doesn't need to. It's, it's, the, it's the tradition we've all known for 2,000 years. But the historic opposition to non-resident membership is rooting, get what they're going to call him, rooted in an early 20th century movement known as landmarkism. You consider Vody a landmarkist? Vody a landmarkist? Do you? No, con- you know what? These people that are <laughs> called it landmarkism have never sat under landmarkism. My or friend. they would know. I have, and you have. Uh, they have never sat under landmarkism. Let's see. Let's look at the tenets of uh, landmarkism. Hold on. I'll be back. If you could enjoy the crowd for just a moment while I look up research material, Roy. <laughs> Now, it does say that the SBC never has had a foreign missionary service president of the convention, so this technicality has never been tested. Bauckham said this is a huge problem in foreign missions. So, once again revealing their bias, why Bauckham would be a contentious candidate. Other candidates are also are likely to run as last year's presidential race began as a four-way contest. The runoff was between Litton and Mike Stone, a Georgia pastor who was heavily backed and promoted by the CBN. Litton won with a slim margin of 556 votes. So I was right about that. Very slim margin. It was 556 yeah, votes. If Bauckham runs, he could easily be the most controversial candidate on the ticket and the candidate with the least ties to the SBC. How is that? Southeastern Seminary. That's, his, that's where his degrees are from. How is he the least SBC? Bauckham is at least the church he pastored in Texas, in Houston, Texas, had the name Baptist in it. These other guys don't. Litton don't. Greer didn't. The, the guy that's running now, Willie Rice, his church isn't called that. If you're so concerned about being an SBC church, put Baptist back in your name and quit trying to pretend you're a non-denominational, non-partisan church. You're not. Bauckham is former Great. teaching pastor at Grace Family Baptist Church in Houston, where one of his closest co-workers who succeeded him as pastor, Stephen Bratton, later was convicted on multiple counts of child sexual abuse and is now serving 17-year prison for repeatedly raping a female family member who was a minor. The abuse occurred from 2013 to 2018, which overlaps a two-year period from 13 to 15 when, in which Bauckham and Bratton worked together at the Houston church. Other sources have detailed the reportedly close relationship between the two pastors, documented aspects of their ministry relationship, including the following, both of them co-signing the anti-social justice Dallas statement. So see, they have a beef with that. Bratton posting from Bauckham's Facebook page. Bratton being recognized in the acknowledgement section of Bauckham's book, Expository Apologetics. While other co-pastors at the church not only cooperated with the police investigation, but actually reported Bratton to police when he confessed to them, there appears to be no public statement by Bauckham on the matter. He's probably deeply broken by the fact that his former friend turned out to be such a putz. Excuse my language. And the other thing is this. It's it's now seven years after the fact since Bauckham left that church. Why does he need to comment on something that he didn't know was going on, we assume he didn't know was going on, for the last two years of his ministry there? I ask you, do you think you would have to comment on something for nearly a decade ago? Because I don't. Other than we're praying for the family and we're praying for him for salvation. Exactly. And look, I do hope and pray that Bauckham knew nothing about this and had nothing to do with this. I don't think he did, but I don't know the man. So I I have to say that. I only know him as a public figure within the church and as someone who's preaching and teaching I have followed and actually genuinely enjoy. He's somebody we've mentioned on this program multiple times. I've never met him. Now, our good, our good friend we met recently from uh, Pilgrim's Coffer has actually met him and says he's a wonderful human being. Oh, he, he, was with, he was there this week. 
He was at uh, Shepherd's Shepherd's Con. Con. Uh, Jared and I was talking. Yeah, we were talking back and forth. But it, it, in all seriousness, let's back up for a minute. We were talking about landmarks. Yep, do it. I, I want to seriously. I, 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 I'm gonna have to go off memory. I can't find that. But if you remember, it was King James Bible. Yep. And they and they pull it from uh, the Proverbs. Remove not the old landmarks. Yes. It's the whole of uh, the independent body. They will go to the Methodist and the Roman Catholic that there's a hierarchy of the church, but, right. but they don't even believe in the invisible body of Christ. It's only no, it's only in that local, local. And, and that church must be a Baptist church. They are the bride of Christ that will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's part of their and eschatology. Everyone else, everyone else will be will be friends of the of the bride or the groom, and they will be serving and things like that. They are not the bride; they are the guests. Then they can't sit at the table. Exactly. So you have to be baptized into a landmark Baptist church by a landmark pastor into the name of that church. I baptize you in the authority of so-and-so Holy Zion Baptist Church. Let's just say that. Holy Zion Baptist Church or Mount Zion. Mount Zion Holy Baptist Church. And if you leave that church, especially in bad standing, you would have to be re-baptized to be rejoined to either that church or any other church that holds to landmarkism. And so... It it makes a cult out of the church is what it does. And that's not what he's talking about. Saying that you need to be in a local body is not landmarkism. No, and then... Scriptural uh, church. And then the other thing on baptism, uh, I just learned this. They get the scriptural baptism to a true church um, is out of 1 Corinthians 12, 13. That is not the baptism that is talking about. (laughs) That is a... A very poor uh, hermeneutic, you would say. And then, you know, what else is it? It's, it's, It's the baptism... There's five tenets, I thought, but I can't remember the other one. King James, independent, uh, or uh, independent, uh, uh, only the visible local body, the um, uh, baptism, and what's the fourth? Is it, I don't remember, I don't remember the fifth, I'm sorry, the fifth, I'm sorry. I don't remember the fifth, but that's essentially what they're, 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 they're trying to saddle Vody with, and Vody is Well, the other thing would be, the other thing would be that you could not allow someone from another church if they're not of like faith, the same denomination. In other words, another landmark Baptist church could not preach at your church, nor should you go visit or preach at their church. Now, listen, we know Vody doesn't hold to that. There's, I watched an online service where he was at a Presbyterian church. I forget where at. Very large church sitting there talking about right after his book came out. He preached there that that morning. Then he was there for a Q&A session that afternoon. You're going to tell me he's a landmarkist? He's already violated one of the major tenets of landmarkism by doing that. He just was at Shepherd's Conference. That's a non-denominational church, a Grace Community Church. True landmarks would say that's ecumenism. A true okay. landmark Baptist would call that ecumenism. Believe me, I know this. Proverbs 22, 28. Okay, that's the one? Okay. Yep, that's it. Proverbs 22, 28. So final couple of criticisms is they accuse him of plagiarism in his book. And they talk about Balcom appears to be all in on the crusade against critical race theory. He's gained a hearing among white evangelicals because he is a black pastor who agrees on their viewpoints. So that's it. Only reason we like him is because he's a black guy that agrees with us. And we're white and we're racist and we just didn't know it. I don't know if you knew you were a racist, but you are. Well, okie dokie then. Because that's true. In other words, global Baptist Global Network, global, Baptist News Global is as woke as woke can be. Now, there's another article that's even worse. It's an editorial in which the guy goes off on the conservative Baptist network, on complementarianism and everything else, and calls it extremism. Extremism. Okay. So now you know how they feel. You know, how how much longer are we going to be able to stay in the SBC? I don't know. How much longer are we going to be able to affiliate with it? I don't know. I could go today and it wouldn't bother me a bit. It really wouldn't. You and I both. And most of my life I've attended as some type of Baptist church, whether it was IFB, SBC, or something. It's been some type of Baptist church almost my whole life, but I don't care anymore. You know, if you see me looking around right now, I'm looking for a book because there was a book in a library that I just got. But I think I may have uh, file 13 it, for those of you who don't know what that is. (laughs) That's the garbage. Uh, it, uh, It was the Trail of Blood. Oh, did you get a copy of that? Yeah, and I think I trashed it because I thought, Woo-hoo, I don't want that to end up in somebody's hand and think that's what I believe. You know, <laughs> hey, you know I would have loved to have had that on my shelf just because I'm that kind of guy. I didn't throw it away. I didn't throw it away. I know I didn't throw it away. I didn't throw anything away. You know, I, re- you know, I read that years ago. I checked it out from a library in uh, the county where I used to work when I was a parole officer. I checked it out from their library and read it several years ago. And I've read excerpts from it in other 
wonky conservative Baptist publications over the years, especially stuff that, some of the stuff that my dad had when I was growing up. I really I didn't throw it away. I know I didn't. I didn't throw anything away. I'll look if I got it. I, I know I. It's not on a shelf. It's I've got a toad here of books that's going downstairs in the basement. And, oh yeah, um, and I, I know it's in this. Yeah, you've picked up yet another library. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's. it's um, Listener Tim, I hope you're enjoying your new books. I heard. Uh, well, shout out! Shout out to I Listener Tim. Was, I heard he was. However, the uh, I don't think somebody was happy. He brought him home. Uh, Which is the, in an attempt to salvage my marriage, Chalen said, "I I didn't give those books to you on purpose. Sandy would kill me." Yeah. Sandy, I know I got it in here, but I'm not gonna. You know, this is great on airtime. What me? Oh, absolutely. We're just fumbling through books, trying to figure out what we quote things. Well, I was gonna kind of go through the the. Um, uh, that's what I, I I was gonna read a, a quote out of it because there. There are some wonky doodle quotes that come from this book that is um, that is really scary. And those of you that don't know, they essentially trace their roots, the Baptist roots, back to uh, John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, I don't think, uh, would be associated with these people. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're no. I, I heard a sermon not too long ago from one of these IFB guys. I didn't listen to the whole thing. I, I heard the outline, and it was essentially like John the Baptist, and it was like he talking about he's the model for a preacher, his dress, his food, his conviction. I don't know. He made this little homiletic thing, and I'm like, we need to eat. Lo- we need sense. to eat locusts and honey, and wear hair shirts. Is that what they're saying? I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I I really don't know where they were going with that, but that was essentially the. So we need to be ascetic uh, monks. <laughs> for those of you who are wondering, it was and John Ramblin Hamblin. Um, flog maybe we should flog ourselves every morning too for to prevent sin. Uh, oh, you know, I want to say something what? that, and this is quite interesting because, how often in this life would you get the guys from the White Horse Inn and NT Wright to agree on something? But oh, it was but it was something to write down. But. This is this had to be a God thing because I don't believe in coincidence. I listened back to back to two episodes yesterday of podcast that I listened to the most recent episode from this week of Ask N.T. Wright Anything off the off the Unbelievable Network. I, I, I just I, I listen to it. Sometimes I find some interesting things. But it was, can I lose my salvation? And he was talking about it. And on the White Horse Inn, the episode I was listening to, they were talking about the same thing, and basically it's that, you know, it's not in your hands. You didn't save yourself, and you don't keep yourself saved. Well, you know, that that's funny you should say that, because you and I have been talking about Pelagianism and everything right. a lot. Right. And I actually really started reading this. It's a little bitty book. It's not very big. It's, it's just, but it basically it's the five points of Calvinism, uh, defined, defended, and documented by David Steele. Um uh-huh. And uh, Curtis Thomas, it's it's a little bitty, just a little pithy read, but they start out the book in the first chapter talking about Pelagianism, Arminianism, how they the similarities, how they're different, how how the tenets. Because you know, you and I had this conversation the other day. I mean, people think the five points of Calvinism, they immediately go to John Calvin, but and sure, it's it's named after him. But the Augustinian view is essentially the same. True, and that's now we're going back to the the Augustine, and we're going back to Pelagius. That's that's is that not what I told you? Al Mohler often yes. says is I am a Augustinian Christian in my theology. Yes. I'm an Augustinian theologian. What? He never uses the term Calvinist to 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 describe anything that he that he to ascribe any particular views to himself. You know, I don't either. And I've said it plenty of times. I don't either. I don't ascribe. I am not a Calvinist. And, and what I've always told but you I'm not an Armenian, so deal with it. And I've always said if you're if you're describing a Calvinist as going with the five points of what we call tulip, then then you can that's fine. Go with it. I'm good yeah. with. It. But I'm like you. I don't like I don't like the term because it really comes back to man on this. Right. Right. I believe in the biblical definition and the biblical de- de- definition of everything is is all of God and none of man. Yeah. There's not this little spark. There's not something good. It's not that you you cannot yourself come to God anytime you want. You just cannot. No. You you can't wrangle scriptures. You can twist scriptures to be able to do that. 
But they deal with all five points in this, and and they define it biblically. It's not they don't define it church history. They define it with the Bible, and they and and what I've read so far, it'll I'll be done today or tomorrow. They're really it's a really neat little book to read. Well, you know, I I had told you that there was something else I wanted to look at, and I don't know if you ever had a chance to read it or not. But that master's no. the most recent issue of the Master Seminary Journal, I read it this morning. In preparation for I this would. episode, and all I got to say is, very short, it's more or less an interview with a few excerpts from his book, Simply Trinity, by Matthew Barrett. The interviewer, the professor who is from uh, Masters, the interviewee is Mike is Matthew Barrett. He is not, he is from, was it Southwestern or Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary? I'm not sure which, but he's know, an he's SBC the guy. The five solos. But he is a that, he is that, and he is considered uh, Reformed. Uh, Baptist, uh, even though he isn't teaching at a mainstream Southern Baptist Convention uh, funded university. Here's the thing. His assertion that you need something other than just being a strict Biblicist, he, he treats that as if it's a bad thing. A Biblicist, he defines it as no creed other than the Bible. In other words, you're, non, you're a non-creedal Christian. And so, no creed other than the Bible, that puts you in the same category, I guess, in his mind, as a IFB and a few other groups, fundamentalist types groups. But my answer to that is, so what? Most of what we do here is we ascribe to a form of Biblicism. We treat the text seriously, and we get our theology from the Bible. If it's not extracted from the Bible, we don't need it. If we have to rely on John Calvin, if we have to rely on... Martin Luther, or Zwingli, or any of the other reformers of old, if we have to rely on them to explain the Trinity, then we're not reading the Bible and understanding the text correctly. We're not doing what Pastor Gabe says, uh, this this will all make sense when we understand the text. You know, his you mentioned yes. his podcast a few episodes ago. And such as that. Uh, I just got to say, I've read it, and I'm not smart enough. I haven't done enough yet to actually comment on it. So we can save that, maybe shelve that for a later time. But I will say this, uh, James White did cover it a week or so ago. That's what brought it to my attention. And it, it made me a little, I was like, what, what, what's going on here? Because, you know, I consider the Master's Seminary a very conservative and very on top of it and kind of, and, and fairly reformed. Yes. And it's a reform, it's a pretty reformed, moderately reformed at least, uh, seminary. And so... I was kind of surprised this was in their thing, but after I read it, and this is, I'm not apologizing for it. What I'm saying is, other than they didn't press him on it, nor did they do any background within the article where they say there's an opposing viewpoint to this, or that I hold this viewpoint instead, nothing like that was reiterated. I think that was James White's main complaint. Barrett says his piece, and no one calls him on it. They don't, they don't ask him to explain it further. It's more or less just allowed. What Barrett is actually getting at in this article, for those that don't know, is and it's only happened in the last few years, and I only became aware of it a couple of years ago, but there's a real push. If you go on ChristianBook.com, you'll find two or three books on the subject right now. There is a real push to bring Thomism back and to put it in the Evangelical Reformed Church. I'm talking about Reformed people. Thomas Aquinas. Tell you, that's right. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, Doctor, the doctor, great angelic doctor of the Roman Catholic Church, of the medieval scholars, he's considered the, the supreme... Scholar of the scholastic tradition, right? Of the early, early and mid scholastic tradition, um, he's Roman Catholic, guys. He believed in the supremacy of the papacy. He believed in a lot of things, doctrines that we don't believe in. Okay, I'm not saying you have to throw everything out that the man ever said on the Trinity or other things or the simplicity of God and that sort of thing of the, of the substance of God. You don't have to throw it all out. But if you say that you need these guys to be able to give a doctrine of Trinity. And Barrett does say that. That if you're strictly a Biblicist, you don't have a defense in apologetics for the Trinity. That is what irked James White, I believe. Because Dr. White said, I have always used the Scripture and the Scripture alone to defend the Trinity. Using both Old yeah. and New Testament, I can defend the Trinity. I don't need to use a creed or a council to say that. He said, I, how many times have I argued on the dividing line that the Council of Nicaea did not invent the Trinity? Trinitarian no. beliefs were not invented by any church council. They were affirmed by the councils, by the early councils, but they were not invented. Obviously, people were already believing it and understood it. That's his point. You can get it from the text. I firmly believe that as well. I am what is, I like to look at it as this. 
you ask me what kind of theology do I ascribe to, I like pro- theology proper, the study of God itself and his nature as you get it from the scripture, not from nature or any or any type of philosophy, but as you get it from scripture and the study of the scripture itself and what theology it reveals. So biblical theology is my bent. I am bent towards biblical theology, not philosophical or systematic. I mean, I think there is a system to theology. Don't get me wrong. I have books on systematic theology. I'm not saying I don't own a book on systematic theology. All that is is putting biblical theology in its in and breaking it down in its parts. But I am a biblicist, I guess. I guess I'm just a biblicist, and I, I'm I'm an idiot. I can't understand the Trinity without understanding Thomas Aquinas and all these and Augustine and all the others because they were so much wiser. Than the, than, than the reformers and the modern church. Well, I'm being I'm cynical. I guess I'm being cynical. He's talking about that the education of seminaries is that they're dumbing down the seminaries. They're, they're looking at modern books only and not reviewing older books. Hey, our guest said that a few weeks ago. We need to get back to reading some of the old guys. And I agree with that. Here's what I'm going to... Sh- Can you see the screen I've got up here with you? Yes. Okay. Bestcommentaries.com. Highly recommend the website. Go on there for commentaries per book. This is their recommendation for Trinitarianism. Number one book. Look right there. James <laughs> White. James White. Forgotten Trinity. I have it. That is the number one recommended book on the Trinity. But as you look down this list, there's older guys, there's reworks, but if you look down this list, do you see Thomas Aquinas anywhere in this work? No. That, I, I mean, that that's what I'm, I'm, I'm saying more than than anything is no I, I agree with you wholeheartedly we're, we're there there if i if i want my definition of the trinitary the trinity i want it to come from the biblical knowledge now some of these writers here we could absolutely use and be great but i'm not going to go back to a roman catholic not catholic as in general in the early early church right I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm a Roman Catholic. I'm not going to go to a, a Roman Catholic scholar to get my definition of the Trinitarian. Exactly. The Trinity, sorry. Exactly. You know, and so. and I, I disagree with his premise, which is that you have to have these creedal guys who follow these particular creeds. You need the rulings of these councils. You need the early creeds, and you need um, writings by guys like like Aquinas in order to be able to give an apology, an apologia. Yeah. For the Trinity, I don't believe that they got many of them got their stuff from the Bible itself. Others did not. Aquinas got a lot of his stuff from a later tradition. This was already the Catholic Scholastic era. Okay, so this was already the actual Roman Catholic Church. We're not talking early Church Father. He's much later in time. So I don't feel like we need to start importing guys that we actually. By the way, he was one of those guys that said, and they used him later as a as a, as a sort of a crutch to fall back on because he was their their guy, right? Their their angelic doctor. He stated heretics should be hunted down and burned, should be killed. He would want us dead. Baptists were people that would be, people that would not practice paedo baptism would be the worst of the worst in their eyes. It was yeah. even true of some of the reformers. Well, I think we have covered a potpourri. Oh, well, we have. Topics, and I, I want to do the um, the one you talked about. I want to do the article. I've got to take a look at that article and do the homework on it. It won't take you long to read, but it, it's going to take me longer to break it down. Because all I did was read through it, and I was like, yeah. no, nah, we can't cover this today. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Roy, why don't you take us home? All right, man. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for the show, please contact us online at www.dumbspeak.com. You can email us there, uh, comments at dumbspeak.com. Also, be sure to, I would say, check us out online, but all you're going to get is these videos. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, videos, these these recordings, so there's not much extra. Maybe one of these days we'll get around to some stuff, including some video material. I swear we're working on it this year. Um, and in the meantime, we love you. God bless, and we will see you next time. Chalen, take it easy. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. <laughs>